Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, it's East Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee sports timeout from the Wendy's studios. When the Bucks win, and they've won 16 in a row, you win at Wendy's. After every Milwaukee Bucks victory, get yourself a free frosty chocolate or vanilla participating Wisconsin Wendy's within 24 hours. Being joined now by my guy, Sam Dykstra uh, of MLBPipeline.com. You can, of course, check him out at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B, as we go over the top 30 prospects list that were just uh, released here on Wednesday. There is something that's very, very annoying to me about the Brewers' top 30 prospect list. It has nothing to do uh, with Sam Dykstra. It has nothing to do uh, with uh, the job that they do over there at MLB Pipeline because they do a great job. You can follow Sam on Twitter at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. What infuriates me uh, under the David Stearns regime, and I love David Stearns, is that when you look at the top 30 list and you have a position breakdown at the bottom of the page... There's not a single first baseman, and there's not a single third baseman on the top 30 list, and it's been two positions ignored for the most part uh, by the Brewers while David Stearns was GM. Now it's going to be Matt Arnold's turn, uh, but that, I think, uh, irritates me more than anything, Sam. Yeah, I remember talking to you about this last year and just like, why don't people develop first baseman anymore? And I mean, it hasn't happened in the last year. Now, I'll say what I said last year about first base is that usually that's just a position that gets filled by failed defenders at other spots, right? Like sure. usually if you have a bad third baseman, they eventually move over to first baseman. But your point being about third baseman is kind of correct. You look at this list and there's not really many guys at either corner infield spots. Maybe if you want to squeeze in Tyler Black at third base, that's a possibility, but he profiles better in the outfield or at second base. So, you know, every organization has some black holes. That seems to be the two for the Brewers, but hey, at least they're super loaded in the outfield. And I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a bit. Right. I mean, and that that's the thing, right? They are super loaded in the outfield. And originally, as as we're looking at these young guys coming up, and this is probably the most, well, it's not probably, it is the most talented uh, skill position group uh, as far as the Brewers go, probably since there, there are a lot of Corey Hart and Ricky Weeks and J.J. Hardy and Prince Fielder and Broad. When those guys all came up together, as far as coming in a group, they really haven't had that type of talent since then. And now this next group, starting with you know these outfielders that we're talking about, is that next group. Jackson Churio at one, Sal Freelich at two, Joey Weimer, Gary Mitchell, Bryce Terang. And in my mind, and you can tell me I'm crazy, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, how are they all going to get on the field uh, and play at the same time? And my original thought was, well, we'll just play Weimer at first. He's a big, tall dude like Corey Hart. We'll move him at first. But his arm is so strong, he can run too. So now I, I really don't know how they all play 
And Gary Mitchell's going to start in center field for the Brewers this year. And, you know, his fan base is growing. But I still think, like how you have him ranked, I still think he's fourth amongst those four outfielders. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that we had this conversation with other organizations as well. as like, you have too many starting pitchers. How is this going to work out? It always works out somehow. Somebody here on this list is going to get injured or they're not going to perform the way we think they will. And, you know, if you get two and a half starters out of this, like that's pretty good out of that four group you mentioned. Um, so it, it'll sort itself out. I agree with you, though. Garrett Mitchell, yes, he's the starting center fielder on opening day this year. Fast as heck, 80-grade runner for sure. Potential 60-70 defender, strong arm in center field. Can he hit? I'm not convinced that he can. And when he does hit, he tends to put it on the ground, which doesn't play into power as as much as you would certainly like. So he kind of profiles perfectly as a fourth outfielder for me, a guy who can fill in late, be a defensive replacement, but also re- run really well on the base pass. Meanwhile, you stick, you know, Sal Freelich in center, Joey Weimer in right, and Jackson Trurio in left. Or if you want to switch Freelich and Trurio, you can. Any of those guys can play center field. There is the makings of a homegrown outfielder. It'll sort itself out eventually. But it's really nice to have guys like Weimer, like you said, with that arm. He's going to profile him right everywhere. Like, you don't want to stick him at first because you don't want to take away his best defensive weapon. You look at uh, the top four, and you know a majority of them are draft picks. Obviously, Jackson Churio not that. That goes the international route, and he's their superstar, a projected superstar on this list. And you go to the the part of this uh, top thirty prospect list that you guys put out uh, at MLB Pipeline, and sixteen of these thirty were through the draft, nine through the international route, and then through trade four, free agent one. How big of a deal has the international? process been for smaller markets like Milwaukee and building their farm system? Uh, is Milwaukee maybe have more uh, in their top prospect list than others, or how does it shake out? Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of average in terms of like the amount of people, but still, the way they've developed international players has been really special. Churio being the shining star of that. I mean, a, a year ago, we were having this conversation of like, who can Jackson Churio be? We had only seen him in the Dominican Summer League, and he was signed as a shortstop. The Brewers, to their credit, have developed him into a sincere plus defensive center fielder with plus power with really good speed. Um, so I think the best thing for the Brewers is, yes, you are capped internationally. You can't just go out and spend $30 million and bring in international talent willy-nilly, but you're not affected by draft status. There is no draft international, international draft. So you can go out and pick who you want to sign and get them to fit under that cap. And then you have to develop them, which is what they did with Churio, which is what they did with our number six prospect, Jefferson Caro, who is one of my favorite catchers in minor league baseball. We put him on the all defensive list last year. He was showing a really strong arm in the Arizona Fall League, which was an advanced assignment for him. Seems like he could really play, you know, the defensive role well behind the plate. Can he hit enough? I think he can eventually. I wouldn't be surprised to see him become a top 100 prospect by our midseason update. So it's not just getting these guys in the system. It's what can you do after that? And I think that's where the Brewers, at least the last few years, have really shined. Would you be a proponent of an international draft? I see both sides of it. Um, I don't know if, if I would necessarily like to go that route just yet. I kind of prefer the old way in which guys could sign with who they wanted for how much they wanted to sign. You look at like Yohan Mankata signing for tons of money because that's what the market decided for him. Um, I can see the idea of the international draft being like, you know, the um, bonuses are decided pretty much ahead of time and, and there's not as much negotiation, but it's easier to know exactly where you're going. I see both sides of it, um, but I, I kind of like the system, not necessarily the way it is now, um, but I, I don't know. It, I can see both sides is basically what I come down on. 
Uh, what I really like uh, is you guys always do, you know, top tools, right? So hit, power, arm, defense, fastball, slider, curveball, all the different ones. You go check out uh, their article, uh, all broken down uh, and so forth. I, I, I'm curious, Abner Arebe, now from a pitching standpoint, uh, is an 80 uh, for fastball and 60 uh, for slider. If memory serves correct, uh, wildness can be an issue with him, even though he throws super hard. Your thoughts on Abner Arebe? Yeah, I mean, Abner Uribe jumped up on our list because, you know, at, at a certain point during the midseason last year, he was coming off injury. Um, he had a torn meniscus in his left knee in April that required season-ending surgery. We didn't know what he was going to be when he came back. But then he showed out in the AFL. I mean, he got it additional time. Again, he's throwing around 100 miles an hour, sometimes going above that. And we put a 60 on the slider because there are times when he leans more on the slider than he does the fastball because of those control issues that you're talking about there. He's the classic throws hard, doesn't always know where it's going type. I think he can be a little bit better than that, but he's he's kind of looking at a classic seventh, eighth inning reliever, maybe even more than that. Maybe he is the future closer in Milwaukee because of how hard he throws with that off-speed pitch. I mean, all you need are two pitches in relief. He certainly has them. Now, if he can just get something close to average control, he could be a really, really special reliever as early as like the first half of this season, I think, as long as he's healthy. And he is not uh, even close to being the best pitcher on this prospect list uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Jacob Mizorowski, is that how you say it? I don't know. Uh, the right-handed pitcher uh, is the one you guys have rated the highest at seven. Yeah, he was their second-round pick last year, and I know there were a lot of Milwaukee analysts, meaning like data analysts, who were super excited to get him into that system. Another guy who throws hard, he's super tall at six foot seven. But he's wiry at 190 pounds, so I think they're going to try to add a little bit of weight to him because he can be a starter. That's why we have him ranked so high, is that he's going to eat innings in a way that Admiral Rebe just can't. Um, he had a really good slider during his time in junior college. He's developing a curveball. He's developing a changeup. Those are four pitches that are going to help him be a starter. But the fastball plays exceptionally well at the top of the zone, which is something we're seeing in modern-day pitching. And if he can drop down that slider as well and just show one other pitch, I could see Mizorowski climbing pretty quick, and we know the Brewers love their junior college guys and developing them, so he's filling in just right in line with what their uh, developmental strategy has been the last few years. What about these two guys that they acquired, or a couple of the guys they acquired in trade? The left-hander, Robert Gasser, uh, at 10, uh, and then the other one, uh, Jansen Junk, if that's how you say his last name, that's how it reads, uh, the right-hander at 16. Yeah, Robert Gasser, I'm, I'm super interested in him as well. Um, I think he could be a, a starting option for them this year. I mean, he's left over. Ethan Small is their best left-handed starter in the system. Uh, it's a really good slider, three other average pitches, some decent control. He reached AAA Nashville last year uh, after the trade. And that, talking to some Brewers folks, I was just like, we kept trying to find challenges for this guy. We acquired him. We moved him to AA. Did really well there at a 2-2-1 ERA and four starts. Okay, let's move him to AAA. It, it would be nice if he had one other above-average pitch besides the slider, and that kind of concerns me a little bit, but there's certainly potential for him to be a number four or five starter. And Jensen Junk, we have him ranked at number 16 just because he's a guy with major league experience already. He has seven appearances up there with the Angels. Again, just not really killer stuff. Uh, the slider, again, is his best. It's an above-average offering, but he's going to throw strikes, and that's what's going to help him add to the starting depth this year for the Brewers, and you, like I was saying before, like with outfielders, you can never have too many starting pitchers. So if he's like the seventh or eighth best starter to enter the year, he's probably going to get five or six starts at least for the Brewers, and maybe he ends up being a long man out of the pen as well who can consistently throw strikes. 
With the Brewers getting Contreras and having him under control for several years, what does that mean, do you think, for Jefferson Cuero, who's ranked number sixth and is your top catcher for the Brewers' uh, prospects? Yeah, yeah, I'm really interested to see how that's going to shake out uh, with that because I think getting Contreras was an absolute coup. Like, you get a guy who is absolutely an all-star catcher already. Uh, Cuero's pretty far away. He's only 20 years old. He has reached high A. He has seen the Arizona Fall League. I think he's probably going to arrive there next year at the earliest. And again, weird stuff happens. Like maybe at, at a certain point, Contreras it doesn't age as well as you'd like. Caro steps in, works out pretty well. Maybe those guys work as a platoon. You're giving 60% of the starts to Contreras, 40% of the starts to Cuero. I mean, Contreras is coming from a situation in Atlanta where they had to do that as well. It's becoming more and more of a thing of, of using a catching platoon and not having like one guy just make one defensive start at catcher a week. Maybe you go four and two or three and three. Uh, but Cuero, I'm a big fan of, like I said before, like the, defensively, he's really strong. He works really well with pitchers. Um, he has the arm to, to limit the running game, which is going to be a huge thing moving forward as we see more stolen bases in 2023 and beyond. Uh, again, I, I think the ceiling is there enough where they, they will make it work in the future if Cuero lives up to his potential. Uh, you also have uh, the one prospect that fell the most, Joe Gray Jr., outfielder. Uh, you can go read all about uh, what happened to Joe Gray Jr., but I've got one uh, that just resigned with the Brewers that was considered a top prospect, went in the Yelich trade, and now came back on a minor league deal. Monty Harrison, who could have went and played football in Nebraska, chose to sign with the Brewers instead. Um, I thought the kid was going to be a stud. He had all the raw potential of it. What happened to him? Why doesn't he worked out? Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those classic types that we've seen the last few years. He just strikes out too much. I mean, it's been consistently around the 30% mark everywhere he's gone, and that's multiple systems now. Between Miami, he had a stint last year with the Angels where he struck out 34% of the time at AAA. I mean, it's just difficult to carry a bat like that. I, I agree. I love speaking to Monte Harrison. He's one of the most athletic players to come through the minor leagues in the last few years. He has power. He has speed. He can you know, chuck the ball from the outfield as well. It's just you have to hit. You, you can't just be coming up and hitting a buck seventy and striking out, you know, forty percent of the time in the major leagues because the jump from AAA to the majors is as big as it's ever been. Uh, it's a it's a fun story to have him come back. And again, like the Brewers have outfield depth. I think adding him to that uh, group in Nashville this year is going to be kind of interesting if he does stick around after the spring. But he just he, he's not he hasn't hit. That's the problem. He struggles with contact. He struggles with breaking stuff. And it just becomes more and more difficult to carry a guy on the roster, especially somebody like him who's heading into the year at age 27. I got another one that's been in the majors now for a while, but I really thought when he was coming, I was like, man, he might compete for a batting title. This dude can just flat out hit. Keston Hira, to me, has got to be one of the more head-scratching ones where I really didn't see this type of drop coming when he got to this level. And he seemingly cannot get out of his own way now. No, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of gotten into his head, too. He was a quick mover, come up at age 22, and, and a lot of people expected him to be you know, a better hitter than he was. And again, he's striking out 30, 40% of the time. I mean, it was 41.7% last year for the Brewers. I think he's been a little bit more of a power hitter than I expected him to be coming out of college, although it was certainly in there. And I wonder how much of that is trying to chase homers, especially in this day and age where there's more value than ever than swinging with intent and trying to hit the ball as hard as you can, maybe that causes him to get out of his approach. But if you're a guy who, even coming out of college, many people were expecting, like, this guy is not very good defensively at second base. 
now all of a sudden maybe he has to be at first base and he hasn't put up the offensive numbers to carry that position either. Uh, it's a difficult guy to carry on your roster. Now the power could potentially push him over the edge. I mean, make him a league average bat, but again, the defensive question make that difficult to carry. And he just hasn't worked out the way I think many expected when he was first coming out of the draft. Sam Dykstra, he's very, very good, as you just learned. At Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B on Twitter. At Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B on Twitter. Uh, check out the top 30 prospects uh, for the Brewers, uh, again, with MLB Pipeline. You can follow them on Twitter at MLB Pipeline uh, there, too. Sam, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.